Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 26th, 2022. It is currently 2.21 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Let me begin by asking you some questions, and I want you to be painfully honest with your answers. I don't, I don't want church answers. I don't want your, you know, I got to make it sound all religious and sound super spiritual, but just, I want you to be honest. How have you handled the last few years? How have you handled the, the pandemic and everything that's happened, all of the upheaval, all of the turmoil, all of the craziness that's gone on in our world for the last few years, how have you handled it? Let me ask it this way. How do you feel right now? If you were to be very honest with your emotions, in other words, you were to take off the mask, you were to remove all of the pretend, and just the real emotion was to come out right now, what would it be? Would it be one of discouragement, one of depression, one of fear, one of anxiety, one of worry? What, what would it be? How have you handled the last few years and how are you feeling right now at this very moment? I'm, I'm sitting here in an empty sanctuary. It's a gray cold day here in West Texas. I'm looking at the forecast and we're supposed to get back to normal Texas weather in the next couple of days where the sun will be out. It'll be in the 70s. It'll be it'll be back to normal. But today, even as I was driving here, it's just this, it was like a fog, kind of a, a, a heavy fog as I pulled into the Ovalo, Texas area. Cold, cloudy, gray, dark, I walked into the sanctuary. It was just dark. And I'm like, this, this, as I stood in the sanctuary for a minute, I'm like, this really captures my emotions and my feelings today just because of everything going on in the world. So much craziness, so much, just so much to be discouraged about, so much to be depressed about. How have you felt? I mean, just be honest. But here's the next big question. In the midst of all of the craziness that the world has experienced over the last few years, in the midst of all of the turmoil, the upheaval, the fighting, the yelling, the debating, the disagreement, the divided country, in the midst of all of that, I want you to honestly answer this. Do you feel that the church, the church of Jesus Christ, do you think it has been a source of light comfort, good news, and hope in the midst of a world that seems to be crumbling and falling apart? Do you think the church has been salt, that it has been light in the midst of a world that, again, is unraveling before our very eyes? Now, what I feel this is from my own perspective, what I have seen is that the church hasn't really been much hasn't been much when it comes to being salt or light. It's been more 
you know, they're going to argue and scream about politics and try to fight a culture war. And we're going to yell and scream about this and, and, and fight, fight, argue, yell, scream, fight, argue. Instead of like, it's like almost like the church lost, it has temporarily lost its mind. And, 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 and it's like nobody in the church could go, wait, 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 everyone, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. We're over here yelling about this. We're yelling about progressives and we're yelling about people who are woke and we're, we're calling liberals name and we're talking about critical race theory and we're yelling and we're screaming and we're fighting, we're fighting. And I don't know if there's a difference between the Christians and just the people I listen to on talk radio, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know if there's really a difference between the church and the message I'm getting from Fox News, because it seems that all the church is doing is like the world is messed up. It's all liberals fault. We're all broken. We're all divided and just yell and scream. And I don't know if we've been like, hey, world, it's all falling apart. You're looking to the wrong things for hope. You're looking for the wrong things for comfort. You're looking for the wrong things for a solution. The only hope is in Jesus Christ. The only solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I felt like that we, I felt like that we, uh, yeah, exactly. Someone just said in chat, salt in people's eyes, maybe. Yeah, it's almost like instead of being salt as to preserve, we've been salt like you throw it in someone's eyes. We've been an irritant, not a source of comfort. We're just there as an irritant, someone just to, to just make more noise. Now, I know some are going to push back. I know some's going to argue with me and disagree. But I just, when, when the pandemic started, I was so concerned that the church was just going to disintegrate into just yelling and screaming and fighting about our rights. And just, it was just going to turn into all of that. And so I, I was like, please, 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 during this time, this is a time for us to be, to grow spiritually. This is a time for us to look at ourselves. This is a time for repentance. This is a time to purify the church. We can come out of this better off spiritually. And it's a, a, it's a great opportunity when the world is concerned and fearful that we can minister to them. That we can try to provide, but no, 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 no. It just seemed to fall apart and disintegrate. And here we are, February the 26th, 2022. The reason I'm mentioning all of this is because of a news article that appeared in the Los Angeles Times. I'm holding the article right here in my hands. Here's the headline. First pandemic then recession, now Russia invades Ukraine. Anything else, world? The Los Angeles Times is asking, first we have a pandemic, then we have a recession, now Russia's invading Ukraine. Is there, is there anything else you want to throw at us, world? Anything else? Just Is there anything else? And I think a lot of people are like, I mean... It's like, you know, oh, if we get to, if we get to the next year, things will get, oh, all things got worse. If we could just get to the next year, oh, well, things got worse. Now it's like, oh, can we get to 2023? Even if we get to 2023, at this point, I think not 99% of the population is like, it's not going to be any better. I think there's almost like a, a, def, a, a feeling of being defeated, a discouragement, a depression that is set in the minds of many people. Just listen to a little bit of this article. Just listen to a little bit of this. Like many Americans, Marsha Delgado has endured two difficult years. The 50-year-old watched vulnerable patients at her Santa Ana radiology clinic struggle to recover from lung damage caused by COVID-19. 
She clashed with patients who would not wear face masks. She has not attended a family gathering for months because some relatives refused to get tested for the virus while she's being treated for breast cancer. And, and that's that's where we are. Like, like the middle of the pandemic, it's just like nobody cares about anybody else. It's yelling, screaming, fighting, arguing. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to prove a point. We're trying to fight the oppression that's coming against us. We're trying to fight the tyranny. Fight, fight, fight. My rights, my rights, my rights, my rights. And basically we've, I, in a roundabout way, we basically said, I don't care about anybody else but myself. And the church was almost the same way. We don't, we're not here to minister to people. Now we, 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 of course, <laughs> the church was really good at describing, you know, disguising it. No, 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 no. We're here to worship God. We're here to minister to people. Uh, really? Are, are you really here to minister to people? Are you here to make a spectacle of yourself and try to prove a point and argue and fight the political battle that you think needs to be fought? It's one thing. Like, it's easy to convince yourself you're doing it for one reason when there's a deeper, re- there's another reason why you're doing what you're doing. But it's just sad. Like, can't go to family gatherings because even the family gatherings turns into World War III over COVID. You're trying to treat patients, but then patients, are, you know, battle you. And that, that, they look. Patients don't want to listen to you when it comes to COVID, but they definitely want you to be there when they get COVID and want you to fix them. It's like, hey, we're not going to listen to the medical community because it's all a grand conspiracy. But now when. <gasps> I can't breathe. Go to the hospital, the very hospital that's a part of the grand conspiracy that's trying to kill people. It's, but that's the craziness that we've seen. And the church in many cases just right there fighting and arguing about the exact same things. As case rates begin to fall, her stress, speaking of Marcia Delgado, the one who's the 50-year-old that we just read about, her, her stress finally started to, to, to go down. That's good. That's good. Then Russia invaded Ukraine. I saw the ugly side of humanity in the last few years, Delgado said. It's extremely frustrating. We're tired. The world is tired. We're tired of fighting each other. I don't think the world is actually tired of fighting each other because we won't stop. And the thing is, I can understand the world fighting each other. I can understand the world at each other's throats. I can understand the world lying and spreading false information because they're the world. But where was the church? Where is the church in the middle of saying, no, stop, 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 stop. Look, there's hope in Jesus Christ. There can be peace. There can be hope in Christ. But no, it just felt like that the church was like, oh, 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 you're fighting each other? Well, let me, let me join in. I'm going to take a side here. Wait, wait, what's the side? Just like the church is standing there. Going, okay, what are the different sides? Okay, we're on that side and we don't like that side. Let's call that side names. I said, you know what? We're not involved in your fight because we're not of this world. We're not of this world. This is not our home. Let us tell you about where there's real hope. Let us tell you where you can find real peace. Let let us tell you what the real solution is. It's not political. The real solution is not of this world. But no, it's almost like the church picked sides and then we, we started fighting. She saw the ugly side of humanity. Did people see the, uh, did people see a different side of humanity when they turned on Christian radio or looked to the church in the middle of the pandemic? Again, I told everyone to do it a million times, 
because I didn't want anyone to ever take my word for it. All you need to do is turn on American Family Radio, a large Christian radio network all across the United States of America. Listen to them Monday through Friday for starting about 10 a.m. to about 6 p.m. And you'll see the wonderful side of Christianity. All they wanted, all, for all they did during the pandemic was yell and scream. And, and then they, they, they yelled and screamed that the election was stolen and put forth people like Sidney Powell and crazy people. And it was just, uh, just nuts so stuff and yelling and conspiracy theories and calling Joe Biden name and calling the vice president names and just, just going on and on and on. And it's like, you would turn, I would turn it on, you know, many cases driving here to the church. I'm like, if that's what the Christian, that's what the Christian world is offering the world in the midst of a pandemic. There was no, hey, hey guys, we know right now there's a pandemic going on. We know that you are in lockdown. We know that maybe you're not being able to go to work and you're at home. We're going to spend all afternoon, we're going to just read scripture or we're going to spend all afternoon studying the Bible. We're going to spend all afternoon with open phone lines so that if you're out there listening and you can call in and we'll answer any questions you may have because you may be questioning where God is and you may be questioning, you may have some, no, 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 no. It was just political nonsense all day, every day. The same garbage that I could turn, I could turn on. In many cases, listen, what was bizarre, sometimes I could turn on, say, Glenn Beck, and he was offering more Bible than Christian radio was. And even though he's a Mormon and it was all theologically messed up, in some cases it came across more spiritual than what I was hearing on Christian radio. But but I would be like, Christian radio? Or listening to Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, whomever may be on AM talk radio at any given time. And I'm like, I, I don't really see much of a difference. And then Christians on social media yelling and screaming and fighting. Yelling and screaming and fighting. It's just, she saw the ugly side of humanity. I think the church demonstrated the ugly side of humanity as well. So she said, with, uh, that article goes on to say, with COVID-19 cases falling, and mask rules easing, life seemed like it might soon return to normal. That thread of hope was snapped late Wednesday when Russian Russian troops attacked Ukraine, sparking the fears of a global conflict. A war in Eastern Europe and a looming humanitarian crisis have triggered fresh waves of anxiety and depression for Americans who have spent two years trying to survive an unprecedented period of instability, including a public health crisis, a recession, political upheaval, supply chain problems, and inflation. Pain, sadness, and confusion swept across social media Wednesday and Thursday with people expressing shock and frustration at the unfolding crisis and mounting casualty count. Many said they felt powerless to help. Some said they feared for the safety of loved ones stuck in Ukraine. Others uh, wondered whether the conflict uh, 6,000 miles away from California could reach the U.S., then, then expressed guilt about those worries as Ukrainians fled to countries and took shelter in subway stations to avoid Russian airstrikes. Others turned to dark humor as a coping mechanism. Uh, Lawrence, uh, a, a U.S. A professor from USC who studies mental health, noted as individuals, we may ha- we may be able to cope with many of those events. Having to cope with all of them at the same time is proving overwhelming for many people. And it, it's and they just go on to talk about how how people are trying to cope and how people are struggling and and how people like. 
like down, they, you go all the way down to the end of the article. It's depressing, said one individual. I let my emotions run. It's something a lot of us have never experienced ever. And it's just uh, all of the just it's just trying to the article just tries to carry the idea and tries to give you the understanding. There's a lot of people out there just being feeling completely overwhelmed. They feel no sense of hope. They fear they feel completely powerless and they don't know where things are going to go. I mean, if you listen to the news, I mean, you don't know where things are going to go. I mean, I've been, I've been keeping up almost every night, staying up most of the night, watching everything going on in Ukraine. And it's just crazy. And then you hear reports that, you know, Afghanistan is on a possible economic collapse and and that could be a humanitarian crisis getting ready to develop there. We don't know how all the refugees flying, you know, fleeing out of Ukraine, where they're going to end up, Russia making threats to this, Russia making threats to everyone. Putin seeming to be, have lost all touch with reality. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It just seems like it's all spiraling out of control. But where is the church. Let's state it this way. I can't speak for churches, but maybe we can think of it from a a different perspective. Where are we? Right, right. I can say where, where are them? I can, I can point to them and they, and where, where are we? You and I, what are we doing? What can we do? to minister and offer hope and comfort to people around us? Where can we, can people see in us some hope and some stability? Can they see in us that we have something that they don't? I just, I just want to remind you, we, we talked about this scripture when I went in another kind of devotional message I did and kind of talking about some of these exact same issues. John chapter 16, verse 33, because it's really stuck with me. John 16, 33, these things have I spoken unto you. He's speaking to his disciples about the the very real historical situations that we're going to face, but I think this is applicable for all of us. uh, These things I've spoken unto you that in me, this is Christ speaking, that in Christ ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In the world, it's going to be tribulation. In the world, it's going to be trial. In the world, it's going to be trouble. We've got to just get to, I mean, everyone, at this point, I think everyone, I don't think anyone questions that. I think everyone's given up any hope that it's ever going to get better. It just seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse, which could say a lot about biblical prophecy, but we won't go into that right now. But the the answer is, it's in Christ. That's where we find peace. It is in Christ. Christ, I really tried to stress this before, but I just want to mention this again. The only hope the world has, the only hope that we can give anyone, it's not that God's going to fix all of the problems. God's going to make it all go away. That God's going to miraculously remove Russia from causing problems in Ukraine. That God's going to magically just remove the recession. That's not our hope is that it's in him. That in Christ, I have peace because Christ has overcome the world. I really tried to stress this in in that previous message, but let me just stress it again today. My hope and my stability is found in Christ because Christ has overcome the world. In Christ, I'm perfect. I'm covered in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. So, and, and guess what? When this corruptible body goes, I have a new body that will be waiting for me. There'll be a new heaven, a new earth. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. There's eternal life. There's eternal glory. 
that, that, there's, there's, that I know that no matter how bad things get, that there is a, 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 an eternal guarantee waiting for, waiting for me. But the point is, is the hope is in Christ. So I just, I just ask again, where has the church been in the midst of everything? Has the church been offering Christ? Has the church, I mean, the church seems to be more worried about, okay, okay, we, 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 we can only minister to people if we do it this way. And, we, and, and, and it's just like, it's all about, it seemed like it was all about making points instead of ministering to people. It was all about being political, trying to make a point than it was about trying to minister to people and presenting Christ to people. The, the last thing the people in our church needs is to get caught up more and more in these arguing and debating and fighting. What they need more than ever is to focus on who they are in Christ Jesus and minister to people from that perspective. That's the only place there's hope. Another passage that I was thinking of, because it actually mentions the word hope, is Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one. Because I, I think this is just uh, very important. All right. Um, where do we want to go here? Um, if, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. I, I, there's, I could go back and try to read the whole chapter, but I think verse 18 is important. Paul basically praying for the church at Ephesus and their historical situation, and their historical setting, he prays for this, that the eyes of their understanding for the church of Ephesus, for their eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. Paul wanted the church at Ephesus to understand that their eyes be open, that they truly understand the hope of his calling. I think this is referring to the effectual call that God effectually calls us. And those of us who have been saved, we've received that effectual call. We have been saved. And that salvation, there's a hope that comes from that. We have an eternal hope that we have been saved, that we have covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If you go back and kind of see how this plays out, go back to Ephesians or Ephesians chapter one, verse three, you'll see how this all plays out before we get to verse 18. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. If I've received the effectual call and I've become saved, I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. That is a reality. All spiritual blessings are mine in Christ. And and that we can offer the world. I can't promise the world that if they come to Jesus, everything's going to get better, but we can say that you can have all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, and whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us and all wisdom and prudence. He goes telling us all the things that we have, have received in Christ Jesus. 
We've received forgiveness. We've received all of these things. We, we, and then if you think about it in Ephesians 1.18, as he prays for their eyes to be open for the hope, please note, the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. That, we, that not only do we understand our calling, the hope that is associated with the calling, we have an inheritance, an incorruptible inheritance, eternal life, heaven, a new body. There is hope in all of that. What is the world? All the world can, the only hope they have is that things will get better. The only hope that they can have is that they won't be negatively impacted or that they're, they can get themselves in an economic situation where they will not be negatively impacted by this. Their hope is very just, it's very temporal at best. And at any point, one thing can go wrong and it all comes crashing down. Our hope is eternal. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in Christ. Therefore, it is immovable. It cannot be touched. Because my, my salvation is guaranteed because of imputed righteousness. My hope is eternity. It's guaranteed. Nothing can change that. My failure, nobody else's failure can change that. We, we, there is hope in that. Everything in the world is meaningless, 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 vanity of vanities. It's, there is, it's hopelessness. And, and the Los Angeles Times is capturing that sense of dread and hopelessness right now in the lives of many people. My question is, where is the church going out there to be salt and light to people who are depressed, discouraged, and, don't, and defeated and don't feel, they don't know what to do? Here's what I would just ask you to do. Just pray that God would help you be more aware of the discouragement, depression, and the people around you. See beyond, maybe the people around you, they want to argue, maybe they're, they're involved in conspiracy theories, maybe, they're, maybe they want to argue politics. Just try to look past all of that. Just try to ignore all of their yelling and, and, and complaining and calling people names. Just, and just try to see that maybe all of that noise is to cover up the fear, anxiety, and worry that is deeper in them and try to minister to that. Try to just, I'm not going to argue and debate all of this nonsense with you. Here, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just try to, if there's something I can do to minister to what you're feeling, because the only hope in this is Christ. We can argue all day about your conspiracy theory or this, or argue this politically. We're not going to get anywhere. What we need is to focus on it's that if they're not a Christian, that what the, your only hope is found in God. Your only hope is to believe in Christ, accept his sacrifice to cover your sins and trust in him. And let's start walking and following and growing in grace and growing in our faith and growing as Christians, walking this new path. That, that's just try to pray that you can see beyond all of that other stuff. There, there was a time in my Christian life where I, like, I get a lot of emails. And sometimes the emails I get now, it's almost like they want to argue. They just want to, they just want to jump in and argue, either about COVID, about politics, about who knows. And I've just learned now that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking, I don't take that bait anymore. Because if there was ever a time where the church could stop that nonsense, it would be now. We, we need to be salt and light more than ever. We need to be salt, a preserving, to preserve the decay and the world from falling apart. 
and light. They need light. That We don't need to just go add more darkness to the conversation. Yelling and debating is not going to fix anything. They need a light of God's word because it's God's word that will bring light, will bring joy, will bring comfort. It will, it will sustain. It will preserve. The situation right now is just so frustrating. And, and just to show you, I was going to do a separate podcast about this. Let's see if I have the audio clip. This is just how crazy it has become in, in the world in which we live, all right? I'm going to see if I can play this audio clip, all right? Here is uh, the Delaware GOP's candidate for Senate, all right? She, she, I guess she ran for Senate in 2020. In 2020. She's a Republican, um, and, uh, well, this is what she has to say in regards right now, I guess, to the Russian situation and Putin and Biden. This is what she has to say. This is absolutely just crazy. I'm going to play this on the iPad. I didn't grab the audio from it, so it's not going to sound perfect, but here you go. So this is a person. She ran for the Delaware's uh, GOP candidate for Senate in 2020. I don't know what she's currently doing, but here we go. Here's the deal also. You know, Russia is uh, a Christian nationalist nation. They're actually Orthodox Christian and Russian Orthodox. So, you know, I actually support Putin's right to protect his people and always put his people first, but also protect their Christian values. I identify more with Russian, uh, with Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. Uh, So, you know, like there is that you know, that there, there is that there. And, you know, Christian nationalist countries also are a threat to the global uh, regime. Like the Luciferian regime, it wants to mash everything together. But Putin takes care of his people. He looks out for his people. I watched as he deported, like they literally walked them through the streets, the criminal illegals who were coming into their country. Yeah. They walked them out and they escorted them out and they said, get out. You know, I can respect that. I can respect that. And I can respect the fact that uh, Putin does everything he can to protect uh, his people. Here's the deal also, you know, Russia. I, I don't really know what to say. You got some within the Christian world. World's falling apart. And now Putin is a Christian nationalist nation. And I guess we should support Putin because it's the Christian thing to do. Like this, this is what's happened to Christianity. All right. I, 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 I don't even know. Yeah. As he murders uh, Russia, as he murders Russians living in Ukraine, as I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, if we go through, I mean, uh, if you look on social media underneath this video, there's a lot of people going, what in the world are you t- talking about all of the atrocities Putin has done and all the things? It's just, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say there. I, I, when I saw that video, I was like, this, this cannot be, this cannot be, this cannot be. But I don't want to get so focused on that. But I just wanted to use it just to show you that to me, that's every time the world faces another crisis, that seems to be how Christians in the church reacts in many cases. Maybe not to something that utterly insane. I mean, that, I don't even have words for that, right? Putin, he's, he's Christian. I respect his Christianity more than Joe Biden. What in the world? How, how about, let's just, let's not worry about Putin's so-called Christianity. I, I don't even know what in the world that's even about. Or Biden, how about we just get to biblical Christianity? And I can tell you that biblical Christianity would not support Russia going in and killing Ukrainians. I would, and I would think that that would be considered wrong. 
It's like right now, I feel like I, once again, I should uh, you know pull out the doctrine, the just war doctrine and go, this isn't just, this is unjust, this is unrighteous, this is ungodly. Because of that video, uh, a football player, a football player for crying out loud, for the, I think the Seattle Seahawks had to come out and go, hey guys, uh, I'm not without sin, but if you're a Christian, I don't know how you can be supporting Putin going in and killing people in Ukraine. Like a football player has to come out and go, hey, Christians, I don't really know what in the world you're doing. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm watching it all unfold. I'm like, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Same kind of nonsense. Same kind of nonsense. Here's what, a crisis hits the world. The church can't seem to figure out how to respond in a biblical, humane, compassionate, merciful, godly, logical way. No, the church seems to can only respond like the culture, right? The culture is divided between left and right. So the church has to get involved in the left and right division. The church, uh, the world gets divided over, you know, woke versus not woke, conservative, Republican, liberal, like the church wants to adapt and adopt those kind of concepts that want to adapt to that, that way of thinking and then engage in it. Well, we need salt and light. We don't need more of that. Look, they've got Fox News for that. They've got Sean Hannity, Mark Levin. They've got, they've, they've got all of that. They, they can listen to Alex Jones. They, they, they can go, they, the world can go check out QAnon, you know, Q drops when that was, when that was occurring and QAnon was the big thing. They, they, well, QAnon is actually growing. We talked about that yesterday. They, they, they can go look at all of that. Where is the church? And it's like, why? I, I, it's so, I don't understand every time. And, and, and the church was doing the exact same thing during the pandemic. Anytime I would talk about the pandemic without fail, I would get some email. You know, this is all a conspiracy. You know, it's all made up and people aren't really dying. Hospitals aren't really full. This is all made up. And the, and the, and the vaccine has the mark of the beast. And I would just look at my emails going, this, this is the church. This is, this is Christianity. This, this is the wonderful world of Christianity. There's a global pandemic and Christians are screaming, CRT, critical race theory is going to destroy us all. We've got to fight it. We've got to fight it. And you're like, there's a global pandemic and people are dying. Oh, millions have died globally. Oh, oh, oh well over 800,000 have died in the United States. That's all fake. That's all a lie. They're using it. They're going to they're gonna put us in FEMA camps. We're all going to die. They're giving us the mark of the beast. And it's like, what in the world has happened to Christians? I'm sitting here in an empty sanctuary in the middle of nowhere. And there's a highway right here close by. There goes a car right now, just drove past the highway, on the highway. And I wonder, for people in the world right now, watching the chaos and the division and the screaming and the yelling. And you know, it's going to get worse. I mean, we're, we're going to move to the midterm elections before we know it. It's just going to get absolutely insane, insane and out of control. We know it's going to get worse. I mean, you can go ahead and prepare yourself. I just wonder in the midst of all of the confusion and crazy and backbiting and fighting and yelling and all of the craziness going on. I wonder when the cars drive past a church in 2022, do they ever stop to think, I wonder if they, they have any answers. I wonder if they have any hope. I wonder, I wonder if they, 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 they can offer any light. I wonder if they have anything. 
I think they just probably drive by now and go, oh, those, those, they're Republicans. I'll give you an example. Here in Texas, oh, it's very common for this to happen. Very common. Anytime there's a mass shooting, school shooting, some horrible tragedy where people die, you can almost count within three to four weeks after that shooting, sometimes almost the same week, a local church somewhere will announce some gun giveaway. They're going to give away a gun. Because nothing tells the world that we have hope that when there's a mass shooting, that the church has to give away a gun for some raffle drawing. It'll be somewhere in Texas. Sometimes it's not in Texas. Sometimes it'll be in other southern states. Usually it's in the south. Oh, people, somewhere, a bunch of people died. So what we're going to do, we're going to show the love of Jesus. We're going to give away an AR-15. And you're like, really? That, that's, the, that's your first thought? That's your first thought? A global pandemic. People are dying. And our first thought is, we're not going to wear a mask. We're not going to social distance. We're not going to do anything you tell us to do. That, that, that's your first thought? Really? That, that's what we should be focused on? In the middle of a global pandemic? Not, not, hey guys, what can we do to minister people right now? What can we do? What do you think the people need? What do you, what do you, what do you think the world could, need, could use right now? Now, of course, we'll tell ourselves, well, we're going to have church because that's what the world... I don't, all they see that is a political, all they see that is a political protest. They don't see that as you in your mind, you may be saying, we, we're going, the Bible says to not forsake the assembly. You may see it that you're trying to prove some biblical point. They see that you're making a political protest. So they just see you from, uh, they see, oh, you're, you're on that political side. We just, we just become a stumbling block. I guess really I, that 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 article in the New York, the Los Angeles Times, obviously had an impact on me. So let me just ask you this. I'll just end with this. I, speaking of the corporate church anymore, I mean, you know, the average church member, you you have very little control in many cases what your church does, other than you give them money and you attend. But other than that, you don't really have a lot of control. So let me just ask it in this capacity. As far as you are concerned, as an individual, do you feel over the last few years, in the midst of total, complete, global upheaval and chaos, do you believe it in your, wherever your sphere of influence is, whether in your church, whether in your place of employment, wherever you are, do you feel that you have been a source of salt and light? Do you feel like you have been a preserving presence? Do you believe you've been light to try to draw people to the things of God? You've not been there to add to the noise and confusion, but you've tried to bring people out of the noise and confusion. Now, obviously none of us do it perfectly. Our salvation is based off what Christ has done for us, but I think it's something for us to look at. I just feel like, I I just, I hate this feeling and then that, that just that little video clip, I'm like, what in the world? Now we got Christians praising Putin. What in the world is going on? I don't even understand the world anymore. I just, I don't, I'm just so tired of it. I guess I have this very depressed feeling that what we witnessed for two years of chaos with the church acting crazy during the pandemic, are, are we about to just see the same thing now because we got Christians who think we should support Russia? I, 
Is, is it because there's some Republicans who think we should support? Right? Is it because Tucker Carlson was saying those kinds of things on Fox News before the invasion? He kind of changed his tune a little bit. Is it because Christians are now more influenced by Republicans and Fox News than Bible? And, and I don't want to go through it again where there's another horrible global tragedy unfolding and the church is AWOL. The church is just like, nope, we're, I'm sorry, we, we're busy doing our political thing. I, I, I guess I don't really have any good answers here. I know where my hope is. It's in Christ. The, in the world, there's going to be tribulation. I can have peace in Christ. I, the, as Paul prayed for the Ephesians, that their eyes would be open to the hope of their calling, to their inheritance. I hope that your eyes can be open to the hope you have in your calling and the inheritance you have in Christ. And that's the hope we need to share with the world. If they don't have that, they don't have anything. The world feels hopeless. And we have a Christianity that seems to have no hope to offer and a world that is dominated by hopelessness. The church has abandoned the source of hope for politics, for conspiracy theories. The church seems more interested in fixing this world for their own political agenda, their own political power and position than they are in the kingdom of God. Why would we abandon the true hope to basically become a source of more noise and confusion for a world who is hopeless? It makes no sense. All right. Just some thoughts on this Saturday afternoon from the middle of nowhere, Texas. I don't know how you feel about any of this. Maybe you will agree. Maybe you will disagree. But I know this. Whatever you... Think the world right now is in a hopeless state. If we're not going to be the ones to offer hope, who will? Because according to us, we're the ones who have the hope. Right? I've got my Bible right here. We're the ones who supposedly have the truth. If we're not going to be the salt and light, who's going to be? All right. I'll, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. God bless.